July the 3rd, 5 o'clock Central Time. Maybe you are headed home from work. Maybe you're already getting home from work. Appreciate you tuning in and listening to our podcast or our show, however you are listening to it. Look, I'm solo today. Uh, Zach is a little under the weather, has been for past couple of days. So um, he will be off for tonight. No big deal, though. We got plenty of of stuff to that we need to be discussing and talking about, and hopefully we can get Zach back on here uh, real soon. Uh, just a few things of note now that we are kind of, you know, man, this is like the black hole of, of, of LSU sports, it feels like. It, it is like the 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 time, the sport, sports purgatory, it feels like, like I get it, like MLB baseball is going on right now, um, and but I mean, I, I mean, if we're being really honest, MLB doesn't get interesting till the fall. If we're being real honest, I mean, I will say though, I will say the Cincinnati Reds have been a lot of fun to watch here of late. They're a really fun team to watch if you're if you're just itching to watch some good sports. Uh, um, the Cincinnati Reds have have been my kind of escape in, in the fact that now we're in sports purgatory. Namely, I don't know if y'all have seen this guy or not, but um, Ellie De La Cruz, uh, some of you baseball guys, oh, my goodness. Um, if you have not watched a Cincinnati Reds game, you need to go watch a Cincinnati Reds game specifically to watch Ellie De La Cruz play baseball. A lot of fun to watch. So, I know we're no no major LSU sports right now, and it, it just feels like we're in this purgatory of, of sports. But, but it'll be okay because before we know it, Labor Day will be here, and it'll be time for, LSU, for some LSU football. Another thing of note, obviously, I want to wish every single one of you um, folks who are joining in a happy. 4th of July, and of course, happy birthday to uh, America. Um, I mean, it is, um, uh, I mean, getting to live in a great country like this is the very reason we get to do things like this. Uh, freedom of press and the freedom to get on here and talk about whatever we want to talk about and say what we want to say, and we have no fear of any kind of persecution for what we say. And it's really awesome to be able to do that and to share this with you guys. So I hope you enjoy your fourth. I know a lot of people during July 4th, at least they do where I'm from and where I grew up. They love to go to the lake. They love to go to the river. 
do some tubing, do some fishing, uh, throw some stuff on the grill, man. Um, so if you're doing all those things, I hope you have a great time and, and that you will do it safely and you'll enjoy your fourth. Maybe some of you are already off. Maybe some of you are off of work. Maybe you got a cool job and you're off of work today and tomorrow. That'd be super cool. I don't know how many jobs are like that, but anyways, all right. I see a few of your comments already coming in here. Robert want to wish everyone and TA family a happy 4th of July. Appreciate you RP always being in here, being a faithful listener. Carl Dunn seven days ago, LSU won seven. Indeed they did. What a season it was. Looks like we will have a new rival with A&M baseball. Their coach didn't sound pleased with his statement. LOL. They, Carl, I, I mean, look, I, I don't think, I don't know if, if, if Schlossnagel meant anything by it, but it definitely was hilarious to see that. I, I mean, being LSU fans, I, I mean, me personally, I cannot stand A&M uh, because they they think they're great at everything and they don't hardly win champion. They, they like never win championships in anything. Um, so it's always fun to um, um, get a stab at them. And when LSU baseball is clearly the premier place to be um, and you can go poach their pitching coach, and you get a little comment from Schlossnagel saying, you know, oh, no one person's bigger. We're going to go find an elite baseball coach. Well, you only had to say that because a better baseball program took your pitching coach. So, I mean, I know I know LSU fans are going to enjoy that. I mean, come on. How could we not enjoy that? RP says that Carl A&M fans said he wasn't good, <laughs> he wasn't good but the coach is salty. <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> The the idea that that Yeski is not a good coach is yeah wow a um, And M fans if they're saying that are they're just bitter they're just butt hurt that's really what it is Al Landry hope everyone has a happy Fourth of July to you as well um, I like him and Acuna Jr. the way they play yeah man uh, seriously I, I mean it, all kidding aside like I, I know. Right now, no LSU sports is playing. But if you want to watch something impressive, um, you can watch Ellie De La Cruz, Ronald Acuna Jr., and you'll watch some some fun baseball. And, I mean, hey, look, some golf was going on this weekend. Uh, Ricky Fowler found himself back in the winner's circle. Um, I don't know if y'all are big golf people. I love watching golf. So, um, I, I mean, I, of course, I would way rather be watching LSU. But there is some good sports still on. Uh, Carl Dunn says, America, he's off for two days. Lucky you, Carl. Lucky you. Uh, let's see. RP, besides meat judging, they don't win the title. Is that even a real thing? Like, I've been seeing that. Like, is that a serious, like, actual title, like, done by the NCAA? Or is this like a A&M self-proclaimed championship? <laughs> like, meat judging. I saw that the other day, and I was like, Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh man. So anyways, um, Carl Dunn, Gosman made the all-star game. I did see that. I did see that. And, and, and kudos to him. I mean, LSU, uh, Tigers are just winning in, in everything. I mean, NFL, MLB, NBA. I mean, 
I don't know if y'all saw Nas Reed got a really nice contract the other day with the Timberwolves. So really happy with him. Uh, oh, Zach has made his way in here. Might be down, but I'm still supporting. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you getting in here. Internet and stomach issue. Oh, boy. Internet's back at it again. <laughs> Not only has he got stomach problems, he's got internet problems as well. Jeez, jeez, jeez. All right. So let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit. I got I got some things we need to discuss tonight. First of all, we'll talk about the pitching hire. Um, it's a great pitching hire, and we'll get to that. Uh, secondly, we'll talk a little bit about football and summer workouts um, and all things LSU as we kind of start to turn our attention to uh, football and and, um, and Brian Kelly and year number two. And, I mean, guys, as y'all know, it seems to be, it seems to be that year number two with these head coaches is the year to do it. I mean, we got Kim Mulkey year two natty. We got Jay Johnson year two natty. And here we are with Brian Kelly with a great opportunity and all the talent in the world to win a national championship. We'll see if he can do it. It's a tough task. I mean, tough task. Jay Johnson had a tough task, but he did it. We'll see what Brian Kelly can make of it. We'll talk about that as well um, in the second segment. And then, of course, we'll wrap it up, uh, final segment, with some recruiting updates, uh, some portal updates, and and maybe some things to look out there. Um, obviously, the 2024 class for LSU football is, is starting to shape up, starting to come together. Recently got a commitment uh, this week from an offensive tackle. We'll talk about that as well. Um, but, man, <clears throat> the, the notion that Brian Kelly – uh, was going to come to the South and get dominated in recruiting by the likes of Kirby Smart, um, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, and all those. Um, uh, it just doesn't seem to hold much uh, value anymore. That that idea has kind of gone by the wayside because Brian Kelly has done a great job and and has killed it in Louisiana this year. And he's not done. I don't think he's done in Louisiana yet. I don't think he's done. Um, there's still a big old player that we would love to get out of the state of Louisiana, and LSU's right in the mix for it. So let's talk about the pitching hire real quick. Nate Yeski. Nate Yeski. So, you know, when, when the news broke that Wes Johnson was going to be um, – the was going to be the head coach at, at Georgia and he would be leaving the program. Um, of course, we all begin to speculate. All right, well, well, what's next? Who's who's next? And you kind of knew it was going to be hard to follow up what, what happened last year with Wes Johnson. I mean, I thought Jason Kelly did a great job under Jay Johnson's first year, um, considering the the staff that we had, it really wasn't that great. And I think Jason Kelly did a great job and he landed himself a head coaching position at Washington and had a, I mean, by the way, Jason Kelly, uh, congrats to him. He had a great first year at Washington really did um, even and made a regional, but um, then you go out after losing Jay, Jason Kelly and pull Wes Johnson 
a, a I mean, one of the best pitching coaches and, and very well known from a major league baseball team <laughs> and bring him to LSU. And it wasn't like he was on some team that was dead last in their division. Uh, he was at the Minnesota Twins, and they were number one in their division. So it was a huge deal last year. And it was really this year going to be hard to kind of match that, uh, to make that happen again. Here's the reality of Wes Johnson. Number one, whenever Jay Johnson got hired, Wes Johnson – was his first choice. Wes Johnson wasn't ready to make that move yet. You ended up with Jason Kelly. Jason Kelly was great. I'm, I'm not knocking Jason Kelly at all. He was great. But Wes Johnson was his number one choice. So this was something that had already been discussed with Wes and this idea of him coming to LSU. Um, it, it wasn't just like out of nowhere last year. Here's another thing. Wes Johnson wanted to make this move ultimately to do exactly what he's doing right now, which is be a head baseball coach in college. Um, so, and, and here's the reality of what happened. You had two staff members last year, Dan Fitzgerald and Jason Kelly, and both of them landed head coaching jobs. Jason, obviously, like I said, went to Washington, Dan, uh, landed the job at Kansas, and that may have been the tipping point for Wes Johnson. Like, okay, there is a clear thing going on here that they come here, they can get a head coaching job. I mean, Wes Johnson is a bigger name than than either Jason Kelly or Dan Fitzgerald. No knock on them, but he just is. Uh, he'd already been pitching coach at Arkansas and Mississippi State was – now a pitching coach in the Minnesota Twins. I mean, that's just the reality of it. He's a bigger name, um, uh, a more hot commodity, if you will. Um, and the vision of him being a head baseball coach in college, uh, like that route became clear. And he came to LSU, had a phenomenal year here. Whether y'all – look, I don't think any of y'all in here think that Wes Johnson did a bad job. At least I hope not. Um, I know there's been some LSU fans when he was stepping away, when when it, when they found out just Johnson, Wes Johnson was going to Georgia, they were happy about it because they didn't like the job that he did. Here's the reality. Wes Johnson did an incredible job this year. Incredible. With all of the injuries that we had, for him to put this staff together and get it together to where we had a functioning bullpen that was competitive, not just – guys who are going out there and being an arm on the mound. Competitive bullpen after losing Grant Taylor, Garrett Edwards, Chase Shores, and Jaden Newt. Early, I mean, obviously we had Garrett Edwards and, and Chase Shores. He lost Newt and Taylor before the season even started. You get, you lose Shores and Edwards like back-to-back -back almost, and it feels like the injuries are piling on. You had to get Gidry up and going. And, you know, I mean, he wasn't even pitching at the beginning of the season. I mean, wasn't even playing that role at all. And Gidry is the guy who got the last out in the national championship game. Wes Johnson did an incredible job with this pitching staff. And 
anybody who says differently has no idea what they're talking about. And they just don't. Um, and look, we won the national championship. So you got to have good pitching to win the national championship in college baseball. And ultimately he landed a job as the Georgia head coach. And now you have hired Nate Yeski. It was almost like everybody knew he was the guy. Um, we've mentioned his name on here. You know, we, whenever it hit, we threw some name outs. Like I think I even like went and just kind of defaulted and found some of the best ERAs and was like, you know, Corey Mascara over at Wake Forest, obviously a, a name to, to look at, but the reality was we all kind of knew it was, it was going to be Nate Yeski and here's why Nate Yeski's probably again, one of the best baseball pitching coaches in all of college baseball. Uh, very well-known national champion, 2017 assistant coach of the year. And, oh, yeah, and he coached two years at Arizona with, with Jay Johnson. So not only is he an excellent pitching coach, he's very well-known. He's won a national title. He's a, 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 a stacked resume type of guy. They also have history together, coaching at Arizona alongside each other. Um, Yeski was the pitching coach at Oregon State uh, under Pat Casey for, I believe it was 10 years. So he won national titles with um, um, Pat Casey uh, during his incredible stretch there at Oregon State. Obviously, Pat Casey was an incredible uh, coach there at Oregon State, and Yeski was right there with him and won that title. And then later on, I think it. I think he went to Arizona after Oregon State. He was there at uh, at Arizona um, with Jay Johnson for two years. Jay obviously took the job at LSU. Yeski went to Texas A and M, and now he has made his way to LSU. So, the hire is a great hire. It is. It is a home run hire. <laughs> Excuse me, y'all. It's a home run hire. It, it, it was almost like so obvious, like that's why his name was mentioned like immediately. And it was almost like it was a given. Like sometimes there are guys who just the obvious choice and it ends up being that way. Now, like last year, there was some speculation. Like I, I don't, you know, last year it wasn't so, you know, immediate at least that's how i felt about it and it wasn't just like we have an answer you know and then boom west johnson is your pitching coach um i mean how incredible was that this year it was like go get nate yeski and i don't think there was any question that you were gonna have the ability to get him um he was he's there at a&m an incredible pitching coach with the history of between him and Jay. Um, it, it was just a no-brainer, and it's a home run hire. He's a great coach. Um, he knows what it means uh, to win. He knows what it takes to win a national championship, being with Pat Casey, and has done that, um, has, has seen that come to fruition in his tenure. And so it, it's it's an easy hire. It was just an easy hire, and he's going to be great. 
Now, the question is, again, <laughs> the question is with another guy like, like Nate Yeske, uh, same with Jason Kelly, same with Wes Johnson. Now you got Nate Yeske. How long will he be here? You know, we, I mean, we got to ask that question. How, how long is he going to be here? Because the reality is he has been a pitching coach now for well over 10 years um, at three different stops. This will be his fourth stop as a pitching coach. And you got to think eventually he wants to be a head coach. And LSU has gone back-to-back years um, with their pitching coaches landing head coaching jobs. So, yeah, I, you got to think eventually he's going to try and make that happen. And he may be coming to LSU for that very reason to then, you know, kind of catapult himself into a starting job. Um, I'll be, I, I will take a stab at it. I think we do get to keep him for more than one year. I think we get him for two years, max. I would not be surprised if Nate was gone after this next season. I mean, that's just the reality of it. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so, we'll see. Again, I, we don't know how that's going to play out. I mean, this is very early on. Um, so, it, it's just – it is what it is with these coaches. Jay is doing an incredible job of going and hiring excellent coaches, top-notch coaches, and I'm okay with it. Like, if he wants to go hire the best of the best and the negative to that is that they leave and go take bigger jobs, so be it. Look, that's what Nick Saban does and has to do all the time because he wins. He's a great coach. He's at the at the top of college football year in, year out. So assistant coaches at Alabama are going to get hired all the time, all the time to other positions. Sarkeesian, Kiffin, I, you know, O'Brien. I mean, the, the list could go on. Um, Kevin Steele. Uh, so the reality is that it's going to happen eventually just when. It's not an if, it's a win. So, again, trust Jay Johnson fully to make another great hire if Yeski's gone after one season. Uh, so, but in terms of the hire for this next season, great hire. Great hire, home run hire. It was a no-brainer. So, I, I have no problem with it. I am thrilled with the hire, and I think it's going to be great. I see some of y'all's comments coming in here about it. Let's see here. Ryan, I don't know why Nate didn't follow Jay to LSU the first. That's a good question, and I don't, I don't know the answer to that uh, either, Ryan. I, I just um, maybe it was Jay wanting to hire his own staff and start clean at LSU. Um, maybe Nate had already accepted a job. You know, I, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, RP Ryan supposedly he took the job before Jay got hired by LSU. Didn't want to back out of the. They, there you go. There you go. 
Uh, let's see. Ryan says Jay is making a strong coaching tree. No doubt. And that's kind of what I was kind of – that's trying what I was getting at there um, with the whole Nick Saban thing is like you're winning, you're going to hire good coaches, they hire good coaches, and you're going to keep winning, they're probably going to keep taking jobs. It's just it's just the way it goes. Um, two years max, especially if LSU wins another championship. I, I agree. Uh, definitely. I I think that two years is his max. And again, I I would be surprised. I would not be surprised at all if he was gone after one year. Can we get Josh Jordan, a head coach job, great recruiter, bad third base coach? <laughs> guys, guys. Um <laughs> he is a great recruiter. There's no question about it. But man, he did he make some questionable calls over at third base every now and then. I mean, brutal. Brutal calls. And, and I don't know if he's I mean, y'all y'all tell me if I'm correct me if I'm wrong or 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 let I don't I don't know. When he was at Duke, did he coach third base? Like is this a first time thing for him cuz cuz it looked like it was his first time doing it. I mean, that was it was rough. It it was rough at times. I mean, look, in the end, you know, one example in particular, the most recent one was the final game of the season when we won the national championship in our sixth run inning. It should have been seven. Now, in the long run, it didn't matter. We scored 18 runs. But it should have definitely been a seven-run inning because he put the stop sign on Tommy. Tommy had already rounded third and was about 15 feet off of third base <laughs> on his way to home. And the right fielder was, was just then picking up the ball. Like, like Tommy could have jogged. He, he could have stood up. Like he didn't have to slide into home. Tommy could have gone easily gone and stepped on home plate without a slide at all. Like I mean, just brutal. Brutal. Uh Jay is most comparable to a saving or a BK. I don't disagree. I mean, I, I really don't. Um Ryan says some of that is on the runners too. True. There, there, there is there was some bad base running this year. 70. 30 Jordan base runners. <laughs> okay. Uh that yeah, there was some bad base running this year. In fact, I would say it was probably our our worst uh part of the game was base running because boy, that we made some blunders sometimes. I mean, you know, J Joe Bear was amazing this year, but there was two or three times that dude made some brutal brutal mistakes on the on the base pads. So, um I'm not sure he got due some dudes for sure. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, that's, that's mainly why that's, that's mainly why he's here. That's mainly why he's here is to recruit. Um, they might reevaluate what, <laughs> what they do over at third base though. I would not be surprised if Jay Johnson reevaluates what they do at third base though. Cause he's a detailed guy. Jay, Jay is a details guy and there's no question in my mind that there was some times he was upset about it. In fact, I know, I know there was at least one time that it was caught on camera that he was upset with Josh Jordan with a decision he made. Uh, 
Um, the third out was made at third base, and it was Joe Bear. I can't remember what game it was. It was it was it was in Alex box. It was in Alex box, and I want to say it was against Tennessee. And it was a, I mean, just a brutal mistake. It, I think it was a, a base hit up the middle. Joe Bear was coming from first, and they decided to send him from second to third. And the center fielder was the one fielding the ball, and he got thrown out. Um, and when and, and that I th- I think that's what it was. That may not be what it is. Don't quote me on that. But when he got thrown out, and it was the last out at third base, they panned to the dugout, and they caught the moment Josh Jordan was walking in, and and Jay had some words for Josh Jordan. <laughs> He had some words for Josh, um, uh, a few a few choice words and a "what are you doing" type of conversation uh, with Josh. So yeah, uh, RP, I say we get Mark Wanaka a shot at third base. I would not be against that at all. I would not be against that at all. He did a great job over at first, sending Trey home and almost getting uh, hurt. Sticks with me. Yeah, that too. That too. That as well. So yeah, I. I mean, I hate to end this on a bad this say I won't end it on a bad note, but they may reevaluate that. But look, the reason we got on that topic is that Jay is hiring great coaches. Jordan, uh, Coach Jordan, Josh Jordan, he is there. He is there um to recruit. He does a great job at it. I mean, an excellent job. And did a great job at Duke. He's gonna do a great job here. Um, third base, I can, you know, we won the national championship. I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. They may make, they may decide to, uh, make a change there in the off season. Doesn't bother me at all. Um, I, I don't think it's that big a deal, but in terms of the pitching hire with Nate Yeski, you know, Jay Johnson does it again, goes out and hires an incredible coach. Um, and, and, what what more did you expect from him? I, I mean, we we knew he was going to make a great hire. Um, I will say this about the hire, though, man. This season, we easily had like the shortest coaching staff in the country. Had to. I mean, Jay, Wes, and Josh are probably all about the same height. What are they like? Five, six, five, seven? All of them. I mean, all of them are short. Short, short, short. Um, Nate Yeski will help us out a little bit with the height advantage in terms of coaches. I mean, man, we had a short coaching staff this year. I, a few times I looked at it, I was like, why are we got this? And, man, it kills – y'all, this kills me. We got to get Jay some better baseball pants for that man to wear. I mean, brother has got to have his belt loop on the far, furthest it can go to help hold them <laughs> – them baseball pants up because he ain't got the right size. We need to get him some baseball pants that fit him because brother got some baggy pants on every game. I mean, am I wrong? I, anyways, I, so Nate Yeski will help us out on the, on the height of our coaches because man, it was brutal this year. We, we was rocking some short Kings at the coaching positions this year. <laughs> All right, let's see. I'm trying to look at a few more comments. Let's see. Um, uh, now that you can th- pay a third 
coach. Hell, oh, absolutely. And that was the right decision. I'm, I am so glad, so glad that that finally was put through. It should have been put through a long time ago. I'm surprised it took the NCAA this long to do it. I'm not surprised it took them this long, but so the one early in the season, Robert, I think it was against Texas A&M or someone around that. Okay. Y'all are still talking about stuff that happened with the third base. All right, guys. Um, that's all I got for the pitching hire. Um, I'm, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, and when we come back, we will discuss um, summer workouts, things LSU football, kind of start turning our attention uh, to football and, and, and football season. And so we'll talk about it right after this. Five Star Hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Saints Anthem and at Twitter at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein Stevens attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein Stevens, attorney at law. All right, right back at it here in the Tigers Avenue. Second segment here, summer workouts and uh, all things LSU football. Guys, LSU baseball season came to a glorious end and in the triumphal way that it did, landing our seventh championship in men's baseball. Um, man, but now we turn our attention. We turn our attention to the college football world and Brian Kelly and this LSU football team that has some serious potential, that has some serious potential, some lofty expectations. And look, maybe the pressure's on Brian Kelly a little bit. Um, Kim Mulkey in her second year won a title with LSU. Uh, sorry, y'all. I, I am holding Luca again. Um, so he, he got a little restless, but I think we're good. Um, but look, Kim Mulkey won a title. Kim Mulkey won a title second year. Uh, Jay Johnson won a title second year. And now Jay uh, or Brian Kelly is making his way into his second season. And man, it feels like the pieces are there. It feels like the pieces are there to make it happen. So it is going to be really interesting this year to see how it unfolds because, man, if Brian Kelly ends up pulling off a national championship his second season at LSU, uh, I, I'm going to, like, bet the house on Matt McMahon winning it all, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I think Matt McMahon's second season at LSU is going to be a lot better than his first, but I definitely wouldn't bet that Matt McMahon's going to get the same luck that some of the other second seasons are, have been facing. <laughs> so let's talk about a little bit about football. Um, summer workouts are going on. I, I love their summer workout program. Uh, I think it is awesome. They they have what they call SWAT, and they have SWAT team leaders. And, and man, the way Brian Kelly does it, it just – well, I, I guess it's really Jake Flint doing it, which, by the way, I think Jake Flint 
um, is a huge um, piece of the puzzle to this staff. Um, I, you know, last year we talked a lot about Tommy Moffitt and and his tenure finally coming to an end at LSU, and that and, and what that impact's going to look like. Look, guys, the reality was I think it was time for him to move on. I think it was time for Tommy to move on. And man, I feel like Flint has done a incredible job with this team. And if you remember last season, we beat a lot of teams in the third and fourth quarter, and I think a lot of it had to do with our strength and conditioning. In fact, Brian Kelly um, specifically mentioned that several times, um, that they were in great shape. I mean, I mean, man, we were in excellent shape. We, we weren't having injuries left and right. Guys hurt all the darn time, you know, missing time. And when they were hurt, it was like for serious thing. I mean, you know, uh, Mason Smith, I mean, tore his ACL first first game of the season. You know, and then like Major Burns, his injury, I mean, his injury was a neck injury that he got against Mississippi State. Like, it was serious injuries that we were dealing with. And, and it wasn't just like, you know, this guy's a little nicked up. This guy's got some some problems with his ankle. Like, you know, they were in good shape. And not only were they in good shape injury-wise, but they were in good shape to play the way they needed to play in games. So this workout program during the summer, I think, is excellent. It is excellent. They have, I mean, not only do they promote all things like nutrition and and I mean they're 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 in their grind and in the weight room and, and their conditioning out on the field, but man, it promotes a lot of accountability and responsibility. You know, they have leaders that they have appointed on the team. So things like that promote chemistry and bonding within the team. And you got guys who are early enrollees and freshmen and transfers that are now there with the team. And this structure of like teams and SWAT leaders, I mean, it just it, it feels it feels like it works. Like it is something that works. And and they you know, they recognize those who've worked their tail off. I mean, I think I can't remember what they call it. I think it's like the Iron Man of the Week or something like that. You know, like Grant, Garrett Nussmeyer won that the other day, and he's one of the SWAT team leaders. Like, it's just those kind of things that I feel like Brian Kelly has brought to the table in, in making sure every detail is, you know, matters, everything is covered. And strength and conditioning is no doubt an important role in a football team. And I think Flint has done an incredible job with his staff um, and the structure that they have. So I, I am excited every summer to get to see what they do. And, and you know, whenever so, the social media releases their videos and, and whatnot, because that kind of stuff really does interest me. And, and I think it genuinely does affect the product on the field. Um, I mean, they are putting the work in, and not only are they doing that, they are creating bonds between the team, chemistry between the team, leadership within the team, accountability, responsibility. I mean, it's just great stuff. Great stuff. So there's that with the summer going on. And they're getting in shape for this football season, and it's and they're going to need to be ready because I mean, game one, I mean, you got to <laughs> you may have the biggest game of your season, game one, <laughs> and so you got to be ready to go 
from the jump, man. I mean, you got to be ready to go from the jump. So it's going to be important that that this summer they get themselves in shape. And, and man, I think they're going to do it. I have, I have no concern whatsoever about strength and conditioning and injuries anymore because it just – last season really impressed me. I think that was one of the biggest things that stuck out to me from one staff to another uh, was, was strength and conditioning. And, and I was very impressed last year. Uh, let's see here. Is this Chili? Is that your name? Chili? I don't know if you've been in here before. If you're a first-time uh, guest in here, Chili, appreciate you stopping in and listening to the show. Uh, have you heard about any players who have been standing out? Uh, not in particular. I mean, I mean, I really haven't seen any names of anybody in terms of summer workouts of anyone standing out. The only one that I, I have heard is Garrett Nussmeyer, which is really encouraging. Um, which I'm gonna I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about Garrett Nussmeyer here in a little bit. But reality is, Chili, no news. A lot of times is good news. Uh, I mean, in terms of spring football, summer, like no news is good news in the spring and the summer, like really good. Um. And I don't know about y'all, but there was like nothing going on during the spring. I mean, they were out there practicing, getting ready for the spring game. Spring game happened. They looked great. Garrett Nussmeyer looked great. Jane Daniels looked great. Kyron Lacey looked great. I, I mean, no news is good news. So don't, don't take that as a negative. Like, you could have a lot of bad news going on, if you know what I'm saying. But, I mean, like with Coach O, it, it felt like spring was extremely busy. And it wasn't great all the time. So, take that for what for what it's worth. Ryan says there's so much calm coming out of the football team. It, it, I mean, point exactly, Ryan. L I mean, I'm, literally what I'm trying to get at here. It's like there is there – is, What's so cool about Brian or BK and, you know, what he was talking about in the spring and a lot of his press conferences when they were going through spring practice and getting ready for the spring game is the difference between last year and this year. Last year they were teaching them how to practice, and that took a lot. You were, you were building a culture, putting together a culture, you know, changing their thoughts, trying to – align their thought pattern with their plan and how they wanted to do things and how it needed to be run. And that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot going on. And this year it was like, man, we could just go out there, practice, do our thing, and there was no news. And that's great. I mean, man, they got they got out there, practiced, did what they needed to do. I mean, I know our spring game is a little, is a little bit different than others, but I honestly like the way they did it. And – I, th I thought it was exactly what we needed. And, and I think during this summer, it's ex it's been exactly what they need. I mean, just preparation, preparation, get yourself ready. And there's no distraction going on. It's just like they know what they're trying to do and they're out there doing it. And it, it, it's great. It really is. Um, So I want to talk about a few things with the football team. Very general, very broad. 
uh, in this segment as well. Um, a few things, like key things that I want to point out. Number one is I already mentioned Garrett Nussmeyer. And, you know, this news came out during the spring when we were in the middle of, of you know, baseball season. And so we didn't get to talk about it as much. But I want to focus on this one thing. Is Garrett Nussmeyer deciding he is going to stay with this program, knowing, knowing Jaden Daniels is the guy? It is a huge deal culture-wise. And in the era of of the transfer portal, to get a guy like Garrett Nussmeyer to stay, Garrett Nussmeyer has all the potential in the world. Got a cannon of an arm. We all know it, and he can move around a little bit too. He's not like a you know a statue stuck in the pocket. And to get a guy like him, you know he's turn he's turnover prone, but you got him for a whole other season to work with Joe Sloan, to work with BK, to get those things things fine-tuned, to get him ready for next year when you're going to say you're the guy. It, it's your team now. It's your offense. And it is a huge deal for continuity within a team because there are times when you will lose a quarterback in these days, the transfer portal and whatnot, and – you don't have that continuity. You got to go to the portal and get a guy. I mean, that's what Kentucky had to do. Kentucky lost Will Levis, and they don't have a Will Levis guy to follow him up. They don't have a Will a Will Levis guy to follow him up. So they had to go in the portal and go get Leary from, from NC State because that's the era we live in. But to get a guy like Garrett Nussmeyer to stay – after already being with LSU two years and not being a starter, to get him to stay, man, I, I mean, it's huge. It speaks volumes to what Brian Kelly has built, the culture he has built, and it's going to be really, really great next year, really great, when Jaden Daniels has to move on because he's going to be out of eligibility, and you get to just hand it over to Garrett. I mean, that is great stuff from Ryan Kelly. That's number one. Let's talk about the season itself. Two things of note, two things that, that I want to talk about, and I'm curious going into the season, I think we're going to talk about these a lot. One thing last year that, that LSU fans had a big problem with with Jane Daniels, which, by the way, Jane Daniels was fantastic last year. Fantastic. Fantastic. Was that he didn't push the ball downfield enough. And that's true. He, he he didn't push it down the field as much as he probably should have. Didn't take away from what he did. He still was great last year. Man, I have seen so much stuff on Jaden. Number one, he has put some size on him. He doesn't look like, you know, sticks running around out there. Like he's going to get broken with every tackle. He's got some muscle on him. He's been working. Number two, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about Jaden working on pushing the ball downfield. You know, he he goes out to California with those 
uh, guys. Oh, man, what's their names? I think it's 3D quarterback or something like that. Goes out there and has been working on them with placing the ball deep. I mean, you're, you're seeing videos of him throwing deep balls, and they're super accurate. Look, when Jaden came to LSU, he could throw the deep ball, and he can throw it accurately. I think there was a bit of shyness last year, a bit of a, a bit of reserve last year not to make a mistake, being in a new offense, being in a new system. And so there was a bit of reserve from him letting loose in, you know, last year. Now he's been in the system. He's been a whole season. He's worked through the spring. He's there this summer. He'll go through fall camp. And he's going to feel a lot more comfortable in this system that Brian Kelly and, and um, uh, the offensive coordinator have put together. Man, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Man, I know Matt House is our, our defense coordinator. I am drawing a complete blank on our offense coordinator name. Y'all remind me of his name. I, it's the Cincinnati guy. Why am I forgetting his name? Wow, I cannot forget. believe I'm forgetting his name. But their system that they have put together – he is going to get a lot more used to it now that he's been in it. He's built chemistry with these players. He has built camaraderie camaraderie with these guys. He's been around them, bonded with them. He's going to trust them more. I mean, he knows the talent that like guys like Malik and and BTJ and and Kyron are going to have. You got some incoming guys like Aaron Adams, uh, who's going to be great. Um, and and you got. Mike Denbrock, thank you. Why was I drawing? I'd complete complete brain fart. Thank you, Robert. Um, you know, and then you have like the freshmen coming in that can make an impact too. I mean, guys like Jalen Brown and Shelton Sampson, I mean, elite guys that can come in and make an immediate impact potentially. Like Jaden, I feel like he's gonna be so much more comfortable in the system now that we are going to see him let loose with the ball um, a lot more this season. I don't think it was that he did not have the ability to do so because you go you go turn the tape on at Arizona State. He did it plenty, and he's not inaccurate with it either. I think last year it had to do with first year, new system, new coaches, little gun shy. I think that's all it had to do. You know, like That's all it had to do with it. Um. So that's that's one thing. Another thing is the secondary. I am really curious how the secondary is going to play out uh, in terms of the spring game. That was the one thing I was kind of concerned about leaving the spring game. Uh, we replaced like I feel like everybody except for the safety position. I feel like the safety position is going to be really solid with Greg Brooks, Greg Brooks, and Major Burns, veteran guys out there. I'm I'm not worried about the safety position. Sage Ryan can even play some safety if he wants to. Um, but I, I'm excited about um, Jaden and, and what he can do in the new system. The secondary is, I think, my biggest concern for the whole team. I think it's the biggest spot that maybe we can be really weak. But we went to the portal and picked up some really talented guys. Will it all come together? Will it all come together and 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 be good enough to 
hold down some SEC receivers that they're going to have to face this year? Is Denver Harris locked in? We know he had some issues at A&M. You know, Deuce Chestnut and J.K. Johnson. Zy Alexander, I think, potentially going to be one of our starters. I think Zy Alexander may be your most trustworthy guy. So, like, we're going to have to rely on a secondary that is, like, completely brand new. Completely brand new. So, that'll be something to look out for as well. All right, I'm, I'm running out of time. Uh, but, Ryan, absolutely. Absolutely. That That's kind of my point. The talent is there. It's just like, will it come together? Will there be continuity? I mean, they're brand new to the team. Like, that is the danger with um, – that, that's the danger with the portal sometimes. Like, you could bring all these guys in talented, and, like, it just doesn't work out. So, all right, I'm going to hit another break. We'll come back. I'll touch on the recruiting cycle and the portal real quick. Um, and then I will um, – I will uh, wrap the show up after that. So we'll talk portal and recruiting right after this. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Tigers Avenue for daily updates on the show and all things LSU sports. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to click off and hit that subscribe button at Tigers Avenue. We broadcast all of our shows live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, so recruiting, uh, recruiting front, and the portal. So a little bit on the recruiting front. Uh, guys, I think Brian Kelly is putting together another excellent class um, and, is, and is going to do – I mean, he has done a phenomenal job in – the state of Louisiana this year. And as I alluded to earlier, I don't think he's done. And I think there's a big fish out there in the state of Louisiana that Brian Kelly will potentially reel in to be a Tiger. Um, in recent news, you landed an offensive tackle out of North Carolina, Ethan Callaway. Um, Ethan Callaway is like top five player in the state of North Carolina, top 20 offensive tackle uh, in the country. Um, I mean, he had offers from the likes of Georgia and A&M and Alabama, and LSU goes out there, reels him in, and, of course, North Carolina. And you go and steal this guy out from the Tar Heel country and bring him in. So that's another tip of the cap to not just Brian Kelly but to Brad Davis as well. Uh, Brad Davis has continued to kill it on the, the portal front. Um some some guys to continue to look out for. Um, another offensive tackle uh, that I wouldn't be surprised within you know uh, maybe a few weeks, maybe even a few days. Um, you may hear a decision on that that LSU is definitely in the mix. Is is Ori? Uh, um, oh man, is Ori Williams? I believe is what it is. He's an offensive tackle. Um, another big time offensive tackle recruit from, you know, got offers from everywhere, and LSU's definitely in the mix there. Um, so, really excited. There has been some negative thoughts about, you know, things lately in terms of recruiting. Like, I don't know why it, it continues to come around like these negative ideas and whatnot. Like, Brian Kelly did an incredible job last year in this recruiting class 
And guys, we are at the beginning of July. You got a long time to go. Like, we need to pump the brakes on some of the negativity and and all this. Like, uh, you know, there's Ori Williams. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Yeah, Ori Williams will, will be a big get, and LSU is definitely uh, in the mix there um, and, and potential, you know, landing spot for Ori. Um, you know, I, I see here or Horn two four seven. Cristobal for Wardell Mack to Texas. Like people have been kind of freaking out about things like that. And there's people saying we're way behind with Dom McKinley. And like, guys, it, you know, we, we got to relax on, on, on the freaking out. Like I, I just, I'm honestly so sick and tired of LSU fans sometimes and the meltdowns and the freak outs because like it just seems to happen constantly with our fan base. And it's probably the most obnoxious thing with our fan base is every year, Around the summertime, it, it it always happens around the summertime. LSU baseball season ends, then all of a sudden everybody turns their attention. Oh, well, well, what's happening on the recruiting front, right? Because LSU football is right around the corner, and they want to know what's going on. Anything LSU football, and really the only thing going on LSU football during the summer is football recruiting, and so they go flipping out about everything. It, it happens. I feel like every summer. So just chill out. It's July. The football season hasn't even started yet. Like we are going to be okay. It'll be okay. Uh, I think we got, we ended up with like, uh, it was last year. Ryan's talking about it here, right here. We had four or five commitments last year in July. Yeah. We had like three defensive linemen back to back last year in the month of July. And we only ended up with like one of them. And our recruiting class was amazing last year. Like, these are these are high school seniors. They're teenagers. Some of them will commit. Some of them will change their mind next week. They'll commit to, you know, Alabama one day, and then they'll be ready to flip to Texas the next day. Like, like just chill out. Like, this staff is going to go out there, get who they want to get. They're going to be in the mix of everybody, every single player that they, they are targeting. They're going to be in the mix for it. Do they land every single one of them? No, that's just not the reality of recruiting. But they're going to go out there and get an excellent class, and this is going to be another top-10 finish for Brian Kelly. And that's what LSU does every single year. So I don't understand the the freak out. Like, let's wait till signing day, early signing day, uh, to begin to to worry about anything and be concerned. Like, Everybody, it's going to be okay. And I know everybody's flipping out about Colin Simmons, too. Like, guys, we, we got a long road to go, several months to go. Um, so so don't don't be flipping out about that. It'll be all good. But LSU's put, going to put together another great staff. And we'll continue to update you all on that and, and, and continue to look at that as, as commitments progress and, and all that. And so, uh, and like, let's – to give you one example, everybody was freaking out when Jawan Johnson committed to Colorado. Hey, newsflash, he's an LSU commit now. Like, it'll be okay. So, all right, a little bit about the portal. I need to wrap things up here. Um, so here's a few things. Number one, everybody was going crazy when Quinn Matthews hit the portal. Here's the thing with Quinn Matthews. Quinn Matthews very likely will get drafted and and – will probably not end up on a college campus. These Some of these guys are putting their name in the portal as like a backup plan. Uh, the Wolford transfer that just committed to Tennessee 
big time bat, uh, Galaney. I mean, he batted like 380 something this year, 17 home runs. Guys, like Tennessee's his backup plan. Dude's probably getting drafted this year, and he's probably gone. If you don't remember from last season, there were several great players on in LSU's transfer portal class that went to the draft. To name a few, Dylan Tabrock, great pitcher, pitcher out of Creighton, Jack Pineda, shortstop from Baylor, and Carter Young, shortstop from Vanderbilt. All three of them were committed to LSU. All three of them went to the draft. You got to wait for the draft to end to really know what this is going to look like. So keep that in mind as we go about the portal. Um, and LSU hasn't been quite as active, but the reality is a lot of our stuff happened after the draft last year. A lot of it happened, like like our big-time guys happened after the draft last year. So hold on, hold on, be patient. Guys, Jay Johnson just won a national championship. It'll be okay. We'll get who we want to get. and. Yeah, we'll have another great team next year. So don't worry about it. Look, but our, there are some names to look out for, like Billy Amick. I, I don't think he is draft eligible. That's a big-time name in the portal. Um, so we'll see where he lands. Uh, some other guys to look out for that LSU is definitely in the mix is, is Chase Burns and Luke Holman, uh, two excellent pitchers. Luke Holman was the ace pitcher on the staff for Alabama last year. Chase Burns, obviously, flamethrower from Tennessee. Um, I'm confident that that Jay will be right in the mix for all these guys. Um, so just be patient. Let things play out. Jay's got it under control. Um, I mean, last year we were calling him the Portal King. So let the let the Portal King do his work. Let him do his work. All right, let's get to a few comments there. Oh, appreciate that, Zach. Keep calm and let the Portal King cook. There you go. Perfect timing. Let me get to a few of your comments here, and then we will wrap this show up. Zach, what else we got in there? We're going to get Luke Holman or Chase Burns. Well, I do think we land at least one of them. If you land both of them, holy cow. Holy cow. You're talking Luke Holman, Chase Burns, Thatcher Hurd, uh, uh, Justin Lower next year. Jeez, Louise. Uh, one more question. How did our pitcher improve their velocity so much last year? Is it something Wes did? I absolutely think it was something that Wes Johnson did. Um, uh, no question. Um, and also, some of the guys, like, some of the guys, it, it had to do with the system as well and where they came from. Like, Paul Skeens, there's no question he got better because of you know, the major difference that of what LSU is compared to what the Air Force is, the Air Force Academy. I mean, huge difference, huge difference. We got anything else in there? I think that is it, guys. That is our recruiting and portal update. It's been a great show. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, hopefully, Zach will get to feeling better, and we'll get him back in here next show, and we'll – give you some more updates. Maybe we get some news in the portal, maybe some more recruiting news, and uh, we'll talk all thing LSU sports. We'll see you next Monday, next Monday. One show now per week until football season starts. When football season starts uh, and picks back up, we'll go back to two shows. But we got one show a week. 
Uh, so we'll see you next Monday here in the Tigers Avenue. Appreciate you guys. Five Star Hero, take us out. Peace. Peace.